0: You are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone this is Tony Dow and today is Friday June 7th 2019 and welcome to another episode of last week in healthcare IT and as with every episode we start off this one stating that the intended audience for this episode is everybody. So we've pretty much had a very eventful week with a lot of healthcare IT news happening so let's just get right into it. So, telemedical emergency support in germany a model for the future so following the successful pilot phase of a telemedical emergency doctor system uh, deployed in action at the western border of germany the telemedical support of rescue forces is now to be extended to the entire federal state so historically in the emergency setting or emergency room rescue workers have acted on their own responsibility and you know even if they don't have any background in clinical or medical knowledge they still make those medical decisions. But about five years ago in the city of Aachen, they introduced a system that allowed telemedicine to be involved for their emergency care. So ever since they implemented it in 2014, it's been used in over 15,000 emergency operations. And now it's considered a role model for this area. And they could even provide parallel support for several operations at the same time by the telemedical emergency doctor. If they did not have this kind of system in place, they would have actually had to put more emergency vehicles in the service, and also pay for additional emergency doctors. So this saves a lot of time and money for them and then also increase their ability to provide care. So the Hims Analytics European Survey, they found that there was low awareness of clear blockchain use cases in healthcare. And you know, right now, blockchain is a, a newer technology that's not really been used widely in healthcare yet. And for those of you who don't know, blockchain is the type of technology that's behind Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies uh, similar to it. Blockchain can actually have a great role in interoperability. But the survey surveyed 360 e-health professionals in Europe and they found that it's actually not taken off that quickly and the momentum is not that strong right now. So it's really unclear for them what blockchain can be used for just in the current times. And they found that there were several gaps that they need to address In order to push blockchain forward as a useful technology and they are as follows they are knowledge and skills uh, value and use cases regulation brand awareness and time all right so care collaboration and communication system drives new efficiencies at Freeman health so at the Freeman health system the communication tool serves many purposes Including viewing critical labs, uh, accessing specialty specific applications, and broadcast communication from nursing leadership. So, just a little background the Freeman Health System is a three hospital network in Missouri, and Freeman operates two campuses in Joplin and a satellite hospital in Neosho, Missouri. And the largest hospital in the system, Freeman West, is a 339 bed teaching hospital with a 41 bed ICU. And with over 3,000 employees, the hospital system is the largest employer in the Joplin area. So Freeman Health System in Joplin, Missouri was experiencing low compliance with its existing secure texting system, and most staffers did not like using their personal phones for hospital business. So nurse-to-nurse and nurse-to-physician communication was very difficult and time-consuming. So what they did was they implemented something called Mobile Heartbeat. It's a clinical communication and secure messaging tool. It's a mobile platform that allows launch points to other mobile applications as well. So. They used this and integrated it with their Freeman Active Directory in their system to allow everybody to have access and easily launch it. So after implementing it, it improved their workflow and communication a lot. And it allowed a lot more real-time access to patient lists and patient assignments and laboratory results with alerts. And all that was secure texting with imagery, such as, you know, EKGs or x-rays and something like that. So now that they've implemented the system, they have less of phone tagging and They are more efficient so that they can actually get healthcare and patient care done in an efficient manner and quickly. So the next news item is the CanSpo needs to pay $250,000 to sell the charges that it's falsified EHR security risk assessment. So Coffee Health System is a 25 bed critical care uh, access hospital in Kansas. And back in 2012 and 2013, The hospital falsely, it went through security analysis that's required to qualify for the Meaningful Use program, which was established in 2009 by the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act. So they basically lied. (laughs) They submitted false claims to the Medicare and Medicaid programs so that they would get the payments granted by the incentive program. And, you know, this is like an interesting thing because back then, a lot of the people who were involved with attesting for Meaningful Use, you know, like, the place where I was included, we were always wondering too, like, this is all self-reported. So how is it really being monitored? And I guess this is the answer. So they found that, you know, this hospital, they actually lied about their data. They lied about being, um, following the attestation and they lied about actually going through security analysis and they were found out. And then now they have to pay the price for it. So I guess the moral here is you got to be honest. And if you made that mistake, you got to own up to it. So they are paying $250,000 for that that falsification. And speaking about some other bad news is Quest Diagnostics. The medical information of 11.9 million people have been compromised in a breach. So it's interesting because this is actually not related to specifically lab results. But what was breached was... Just as important, it was social security numbers, credit card information, and banking information. So what they had found was the American Medical Collection Agency, they found that there was an unauthorized user that gained access to the system, and they were able to get all of this information. The person in question actually had access for eight months between August 1st, 2018 and March 30th, 2019, which was this year. And the number of people affected is really it's up there with like one of the largest ever breaches in healthcare. And, you know, it's probably within the top five or so. And Quest, they are saying that they are taking this matter very seriously and they're committed to privacy and security of their patients. So they'll be working with Optum360, which is their uh, contractor, to ensure that Quest patients are appropriately notified consistent with the law. So WannaCry 2019. Ransomware is alive and well. So don't know if you guys remember what WannaCry is, but WannaCry is a ransomware worm and it attacked a lot of hospitals back in 2017 by exploiting a weakness in Windows operating systems or Windows machines. And once it was in a network, then it would hold all the files and then it would encrypt them and then hold them for ransom pretty much. It's believed that most of the WannaCry has been eradicated, but they also found that it's still actually rampant on the internet. And it's not something that's easily, you know, destroyed or gotten rid of. It's actually still, you know, being spread around and wrecking havoc right now. A big problem, though, is that there's actually a new class of different devices coming out. You know, like the ones that we have now, the smart TVs or Internet of Things enabled enable um, ventilation systems. And they can't really receive patches or direct security updates. And this is actually a big issue because it allows itself to be vulnerable to the WannaCry and other ransomware um, attacks. So it's going to be an uphill battle and hospitals need to be aware and they understand the risk and have a plan in place when uh, these kind of attacks happen for them. So before we go, if you'd like to hear more news on healthcare IT, you can check out great curated articles at healthcareitnews.com. It's actually where I go for daily healthcare IT news to keep myself updated on what's going on in that world. But if you guys like this episode, you can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also follow us on social media on Twitter or Facebook at Pharmacy ITME or our Instagram at Pharmacy Informatics. Or you can send me an email at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. And I wanted to plug a great networking opportunity called Pharmacist Connect. If you are familiar with uh, Slack Workspaces, think of Pharmacist Connect as a large vetted one through Slack Workspaces. I've met some great colleagues on it, and there's even an informatics space within it as well. You can find out more by visiting pharmacistconnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal.